Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And we're back with another scintillating episode of Trashy Divorces. I'm Stacy. Hey, friends. I'm Alicia. Uh, what are we doing this week, Alicia, of the names of the episodes? This week, our episode, Smells Like Teen Spirit, focuses in on young teenage Hollywood first-time trashy marriages and divorces. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. 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 Kind of. We have a, a lot woven in through there, but that's where the episode started and there'll be a special reveal at the end for why I called it that. Yeah. And we have uh, more sympathetic subjects um, this week than than last week. So uh, it's a kinder, gentler pod. Some people had mentioned that maybe we got a little <clears throat> intense uh, last week. We may have mentioned we got a little intense last week. Yeah, well. Um, but we're here for this week. I know. Much more empathy. This is an empathy podcast this week. It's great. This week, a little bit of an empathy podcast. I'm bringing you the story of Drew Barrymore I've on got, the back end of... I got Britney Spears. It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> Let's do this. Trashy divorces. Go. Go. Alicia. Hey, Stacy. So I got a little got a little hot around the collar last week. Yeah, with, you uh, with our with our Newton Leroy Gingrich story. I may have not contributed to your level of calmness. I mean, there's a lot to there's a lot to feel there. <laughs> I, I I think this week we're we're tending toward a kinder we're, kinder gentler yeah, podcast, yeah, taking I, it down a notch. Yeah, brought mine down a bit, like. But it's still fun because it's Britney Spears, y'all. Oops, we did it again. No, that was a title for a whole other episode. No, this is trashy Slightly teen marriage confusing. week. Let's yes. let's do this. Okay, go. So, I'm ready. So Britney did not get married as a teen, but as a teen, her life took this weird detour that that I think ultimately led to this like super public meltdown that happened to her. So uh, basically, Britney Spears was born in rural Mississippi and grew up in Mississippi and Louisiana. Okay. Right? Mississippi girl. Yeah. Mississippi girl. So she, like early on, was into singing and dancing. She made her stage debut at five what? when she serenaded her kindergarten graduation. Wow. Even in the Deep South, we do that. So That is true. She's a talented gymnast, won a bunch of competitions, won a bunch of talent shows as a kid, like... Her parents were okay, like... Okay, so she's got it. Yeah, she's, she's got, got it. The, yeah. She's got the voice. She's got the... Yep. At least her, for Mississippi. <sighs> well, but, like, I don't know how tough the... Comp- I mean, maybe the... Comp- I don't know. All Go right. ahead. So, yeah. So her, her, her parents got that she was something special, right? That she was... She okay, was different. talented. So when she was eight or nine, her mom moved to New York City with her. Oh. Uh, so that she could attend the professional performing arts school. The greatest in city in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So she started doing television commercials. She was on Star Search. Like, just so the, her parents are definitely investing in her. Yes. Ground floor entertainment industry. I think her siblings also ended up in entertainment somehow, but I didn't research them. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> she has a sister, Jamie Spears, I think. 
Yes, and a brother who's a filmmaker? I don't know. know. Okay. Okay. We're just guessing here. There are people in America named Spears, and we assume they're all related. Okay, so in December of 92, when young Brittany was a mere 11 years old, she was cast in the Mickey Mouse Club revival that Disney was bringing back. What? And I am not shitting you. She joined what turned out to be one of the most elite groups of performers that has ever been assembled anywhere. So like the Mickey Mouse Club. Like they're bringing back like the Annette Funicello, right. Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, skits and singing and dance. I, I don't Perfect. know. I, I never watched it. I was, I was too old for that at that sure. point. But in any case, she is suddenly castmates with like, just listen to this. I was blown away. I okay. had no tell me, tell me. idea that it was this hothouse of this because disney knows what the fuck it's doing disney does know what the fuck it's doing so her castmates were you know little baby christina aguilera what justin timberlake i knew he was i knew about him right ryan gosling really seriously he of the many hey girl memes um and carrie russell from the american mouse club hold on sorry i needed to react to ryan gosling first i love carrie russell she's awesome she's amazing Yeah. yeah um so little like didn't know there were plenty the talent of, there were plenty of others too like it, it is like looking Crazy. at the pictures it is like a who's who of faces you know it's well it that's was, an interesting disney school lot experience that, very much right oh, my my story just fell over uh <laughs> very much so i had no idea that like all these all these like superstars were child actors i had together, no idea and we will put cute teeny tiny ryan gosling pictures when he was a gosling hey girl is that do you remember when geese I had and ears? goslings geese and gosling oh my god <laughs> <laughs> we'll put this stuff on trashydivorces.com and we'll send it out on social because let's face it he's little and cute he's little and cute Aww. they all they all were so yes our hero Brittany, young 11 year old Brittany, is like you know, the rest into the limelight shoved into this hothouse of talent as just a wee little ass. And as all things, as, as all good things must, it came to an end oh. in 1996. The show was canceled. She heads back to Mississippi, tries to resume her normal After life. After being a star. Kind how of. How does that work? She was bored. <laughs> she like goes back to school she's surrounded by teenagers she i guess played basketball in the school she was bored bored out of her mind in mississippi she gets some funding funding records a demo and heads to new york with like a family friend who's a lawyer and pitches Uh, herself to a bunch of record labels nice she's got some gumption one of them calls jive records calls (laughs) and they ended up signing her to an eight record deal they sent her off to Stockholm, Sweden, and she spent two months in the studio at the age of 16. Yeah, I was about to say, how old is she? 16. 16 years old, Holy recording uh, Baby One More Time. Yeah? Yeah. And you know something about the songwriter I you were do, telling me. Because yeah. as you were telling me you were doing the story and we talked about the song, Max Martin is like the most famous songwriter you've never heard of that wrote that song and whatever. He's the third... I, most successful songwriter right behind Lennon and McCartney, respectively. And, he, and he's Swedish. And he's Swedish, which apparently has a fantastic educational system for music oh, interesting. in their elementary school program. 
So like the land of Abba, he doesn't know a whole lot about R&B, but manages to manifest the sound for Britney. Max Martin, like maybe people who were in the, this was brand new information to me. Right. Me too. Yeah. It was on a good episode of the hit parade about Britney Spears. That was on I don't know, a few months ago. It was fascinating. Goes to Sweden at 16. What's that like? Goes to Sweden at 16. I mean, I'm sure it was, it was chilly. It was March and April. So it was probably cold, a little dark. Anyway, um, <laughs> the album is released in January of 1999. Okay. And to say that it was a monster hit does not begin uh, to do it justice. Out of control. It was everywhere. It was everywhere. Debuted at number one. It was certified double platinum after a month. Holy cats. It hit number one on the charts in 15 countries around the world. It sold 10 million copies in its first year and was the best-selling album ever that from, is from a teenage artist. an immense amount of fame all at once. To date, it has sold 32 million copies worldwide. What? And is the best-selling debut album that has ever been recorded. Fuck. Yes. So, obviously, Britney Spears' life changed Okay, I knew really it was everywhere. Drastically. I didn't have... Everywhere. Wow. So, so she's a star. Yes. The record was followed by a big tour. Then Oops, I Did It Again was released in 2000. It was another number one also debut. Also Max Martin song. Yeah. Another, <laughs> there you go. Another uh, massive tour. That one grossed $40.5 million. What? This, this is a kid. What does this do to a kid from Mississippi? This is a kid. Yeah. She got a plum performance spot at the Video Music Awards on MTV that year. And she started dating Justin Timberlake, who was like... Also, I mean, do you think they missed each other from their mouse ear days? I don't know, because I think he's a couple years older. And she, again, she was 11. So I don't know that they even, you know, like, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know that they really Is a married middle-aged connected. lesbian, I probably like JT a little more than I should. <laughs> I love him. He's just charming AF. He's pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 I, okay. I digress. JT. I mean, can you imagine that? Is that like her first boyfriend? I... It it was a, it was like a made for her. See, Britney stopped being a person in a lot of ways. Around that time. Britney was a brand and a commodity and an industry. And like, she's it's like 17 yeah. and wow. she's signing multi-million dollar promotional, like, yeah. It, it was crazy, or I assume, sure. I assume it must have been crazy. So in 2002, when she was all of 20 years old, wow, Forbes ranked her the world's most powerful celebrity. You're joking. Like, what is wrong? You're 20. You can't What is wrong with us as a culture? Rent a car yet. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, not long after this, in 2002... The three-year-long relationship with Justin Timberlake Aww. ends there. And we all cried. We kind of did. They seemed yeah. like that was just going to, they were just going to be pop royalty. And it wasn't and like was... a team anybody on that. It was just sad when it happened. I don't know why they broke up, but I don't recall it being R like. Rumors. Well. Oh, you got the rumor. Tell me, tell me. There's good reason. To, rumors were she was cheating. Oh. We'll come back. Okay. Put a pin in that, as okay. you like to say. Done. So her career at this point was becoming much more expansive, and she was sort of moving towards a more adult persona. Okay. And I think she was struggling with what that was going to look like and what... Well, she's the most powerful celebrity in the world. That's Enter a lot of pressure. Madonna. Oh, wow. 
So at the 2003 Video Music Awards, there was a racy performance with Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera covering Like a Virgin. And Madonna appears on stage midway through. Oh, no. And it is this weird... I mean, it's typical Madonna. It's what Madonna would do with male backup dancers. Sure. Sort of feeling them up, like like physically objectifying them. But she does this with these two young women. And then she kisses each of them. Uh, and this some, was a scandal. It was a scandal. Was and a somewhat, scandal. somewhat notoriously, Madonna kisses Britney Spears and then turns to kiss Christina Aguilera. And the camera cuts away to Justin Timberlake, Britney's ex-boyfriend. Oh, no. And so the the kiss with Christina Aguilera was not broadcast. Oh, but in of real course time. The, it's Britney. Right. Oh. So anyway, apparently Christina Aguilera felt a little left out because <laughs> it was like a big moment. And then. What about me, man? Anyway, it was weird. I'm sorry. What year was this? Because I was this... entirely doing other things like in my mid 20s. But I remember hearing the. Yeah, this was a milieu about this. This was it was probably fall of 03. Um, OK. Yeah. Wow. So. Yeah, weirdly, Madonna sexualized a thing and made a lot of people uncomfortable and other people really titillated. So, crazy. That's kind of what she does. Welcome to Madonna. Welcome to Madonna. Yes. Uh, This brings us to the infamous Britney's meltdown period of her life. Oh, so the meltdown happened before the marriage. It it all rolls together. Oh, I'm... Gotta get ahead of myself again. Okay. Because it seems like the marriage is, plural, were part of the meltdown. So, okay, so meltdown begin. At the start of 04, she calls a childhood friend named Jason Alexander and is like, hey, I'm going to Vegas for New Year's. Do you want to come? And he's like, totally. Sure. There's nothing to do in Mississippi. It turns out they'd been friends with benefits, including while okay. she was dating Justin Timberlake. Oh. So he hops on a plane, heads out to... And we mentioned Mississippi. <laughs> There's not a lot to do. I mean, it's true. Uh, heads out to Vegas and uh, she's like, hey... Let's get married. Sure. Which is what he says. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great idea. Um, I read an interview with him from well after this happened. And, and he, he was like, look, you know, I I was in love with her and I thought she was in love with me. And, yeah. Why you know, not? Like, so we're off we Vegas, go. We're flying high on they, teenage hormones. And drugs. Oh, and drugs. And probably booze. Teenage like, hormones and, and drugs. drugs. Yeah. Done. Um, that is a lethal combination. So off to the little white wedding chapel they go. And poof, they're married. And there's a there's a picture of it was a mess. I mean, this is like again, you've got this like massive celebrity whose life kind of got snatched, and who I think at this point just didn't even understand herself. She's trying as a to feel something. Human. She's yeah, she's, she's trying, trying to feel to, something. Yeah, and to have something of her own that like sure. the rest of the world isn't can't. No, I get that. Yeah, so you can imagine what happened when Brittany calls. Her family the next day and her business manager and, you know, hey, guys, guess what? Okay, well, what is, holy shit, Brittany, you bring in tens of millions of dollars of revenue a year and you didn't sign a prenup. Holy shit. Oh. So they go to court immediately, like her family. So it's not we are concerned for your happiness and feel like you've made a rash decision not fully being an adult. It is your cash it is your cash um so they wow they yeah that's telling they arrange an instantaneous court hearing and they ask for an annulment 
By saying that Brittany lacked understanding of her actions to the extent that she was incapable of agreeing to the marriage. Oh, God. Uh, which is grounds for annulment. I mean, legally. But so anyway, so her first marriage, which because it was annulled, was never technically legal anyway. It was nullified. Okay. Lasted a whopping 55 hours. Wow. So two, um, two days. Yeah. yeah. A couple of days. Jason. Two days, eight hours. Jason wow. signed the papers. Because he's a nice guy. Um, but he thought they'd get back together. Like, this really went badly for him. Aww. Yeah, he, he... I don't think he took half of her fortune, though. He did not. Uh, I think he did get a payout at some point, though. Okay. But he also... it's The interview I read, and we'll put it on the website, he, he says his big takeaway was, like, don't be the nice guy. Like, if you're going to date a celebrity, you need to think business, and you need to... Because it's, it's a plan of Hollywood, man. It's a different world. It's just, it's, yes, yes. Yeah. She was no longer living in the same world he was. That's and exactly right. So, like, pretty clearly at this point in her life, she is looking for something uniquely her own. Sure. Because her life got stolen from her. I mean, her own, like, you know, fame is just, I assume, a weird thing. And she was really young when it happened. So she had been this, like, major... She's mega. Globally she's mega known, yes, yeah, superstar for four or five years. And she was all of 22. Jesus. I mean, it just... Yeah. That's a, it's a lot. And, you know, most people, 22, 23, they've... I don't know about most, but, like, a lot of people go to college where they are in sort of a safe cocoon with other, like, 18 sure. to 22-year-olds. Where, where everybody's they, kind of trying to figure it out. And, and they can do the sex and the drugs and the drinking and the sure. and all of that stuff in in a peer group of people like well, themselves. Without the glare of the paparazzi um, up yes. your... Yeah. Instead, yeah. Britney Spears did not have that experience. She spent those years in this, like super pressurized environment she was surrounded by business managers and musicians and dancers and reporters and fans and record label she's people recording. And, she's on tour she's yes yeah. and hangers on and you know people with like lots of drugs to share with the famous chick so um so not long after the jason alexander debacle she meets dancer kevin Federline. dun 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 k-fed 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 was a high school dropout who'd managed to work his way into backup dancer roles for people like michael jackson and is Justin this bad Timberlake. at all right now i can think about is jason mendoza from the good place i'm sorry that's what oh, flashed in my head my god blake portal show blake okay, okay that's okay, i'm sorry let's go with it no that's probably about totally off track but that's the is you're describing this that's pro that's great jason that mendoza the, the jason mendoza of britney spears life so anyway, oh, like he had he had become quite <laughs> successful in his industry, although uh, one article that I read said that he was known as Meat Pole by <laughs> his colleagues. I don't know why. <laughs> I have um, a pretty good idea why you get a name like Meat Pole, but go ahead. Um, all right. So he had we been digress. <laughs> all right. So he had been engaged to actress Shar Jackson, with okay. whom he had uh, one child. And when she was pregnant with his second child, they broke up, and he began dating, dating Britney, Britney Spears. Okay. Um, cool. cool. Not not a good look. <laughs> um, he and Britney announced their engagement after three months of dating no. in July of 2004, uh, which was the same month that his son with Char Jackson was born. Ooh. So, yeah, so this sort of similar to uh, wow. Be Bethany Frankel's story. 
like the gender roles get a little inverted here. K-Fed was roundly mocked in the press yeah. uh, as a as a gold digger and just kind of a lightweight who'd managed to, to land latch. somebody yeah. like way out of his league. But also like they were really happy. I mean, they were both drugged out and stuff, but very happy. I mean, drugs you make you forget a lot of your problems. There you go. So they married in a surprise ceremony in September. They could not file their marriage paperwork with the state until October because they had not finalized their prenup yet. This I cannot even wow. imagine what it was what, like yeah. to be the business manager for Britney Spears oh, at this point yeah. in her life. <laughs> the marriage lasted just a couple of years, but it did produce two sons, oh, Sean okay. Preston and Jaden James. So she gets kids that she are She gets her kids, own. which and, and that that does seem to have eventually yes they they are they are central to her life now and they get so eventually yeah <clears throat> i i caught a word there being married did not fix whatever britney was working through life tip it never does in february 2006 she was photographed holding five-month-old baby sean on her lap while she drove her car. Oh, good. One hand on baby, one hand on wheel, and like no car, no car seat. Okay. Uh, minor scandal there. Uh, minor scandal. There's a pun in that. In November '06, uh, uh, Brittany files for divorce. Okay. And she she texts K Fed to let him know that's happening. He what? Was blindsided. <laughs> he did not Over know. text. Mm-hmm. I've heard of like Dear there's husband. post-it note breakups, there's I know, email we're breakups, covering all but the... a divorce text. Yeah, dear husband, we're over. I think that beats Bethany's letter on the. I, I think it does. Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. that so far takes the trashiest notification of divorce. Yeah. So they got pretty. He, like the it was it was a surprise to him. She was in whatever. Well, yeah, he's just sitting Malta. having his burrito at yeah. the local Mexican place, and he gets yeah. a text like, "What." Yeah. So in particular, they were fighting over child custody of their two sons. Sure. Um, and that, you know, it's not that unusual for custody to be like the flare up. Yeah, but you're driving with your kid in your lap. Oh, and it, it gets oh, no. worse. Uh, in February, so the divorce was filed in November. So in February, okay. 07, Brittany flies to Antigua. Oh, good. Sounds lovely. Nice vacation spot. And checks herself into Eric Clapton's drug treatment facility there. Oh, good for her. Okay, realizing maybe she needs some some help. Right. It's called Crossroads. Okay. Nice. She's there for less than a day. Oh. Before she... I need is, help, but I'm not going to stay around to get it. Before she is out of there and on a Perfect. plane back to California. Okay. The next night, she walks into a Los Angeles, um, you know, hair salon... Grabs a pair of electric shears and shaves her own head. And there are pictures of this happening. Like, the press was outside, I guess. This is how that happened? This is how that happened. She is in the Caribbean for drug treatment one day. Like, bails on that. Hops a plane back. And there was a lot of speculation about, you know, what... Why would you do that? Yeah, like, is she... Is she just, like, in this crazy rebellious phase? Like, what's going on? Is she trying to make it difficult to do drug testing via hair? Like, like I'm going with that theory. You get to drug rehab, they want to find out what you've really been on because you're an addict and you're not going to tell the truth because that's what they're dealing with. Possibly. So I have not 
I don't know about this particular aspect of rehabilitation treatments, but I would assume, yeah, they're probably going to take a follicle of your hair. Imagine Brittany in the fucking limelight. I, I think the idea. Like, no, this, if this gets out in the press, no, I'm toast. No, I think the idea was that KFED's lawyers would oh. ask for that. Yeah. I think that was, anyway, but she's never cop to that as far as I know, but, sure. uh, but it was, yeah, there was a lot of. It was bizarre behavior. It was bizarre behavior. And so, I mean, Especially she's... with a hundred cameras on your heels as you're walking down... Every Sunset second of your Boulevard. life. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, this was this was everywhere. I mean, like, I'm not a big TV watcher, but... I mean, no, you, you saw the pics. You couldn't go to a grocery store. You couldn't... Like, it was all over the internet. It was just everywhere. It was crazy town. Um, all right. So, a few days later... Things are not this getting way, better. It gets worse. <laughs> oh, it keeps getting worse for, oh, no. for a while. Uh, a few days later, she was photographed attacking a reporter's car with an umbrella. Shaved head, no. angry, bald, Brittany. No, it's a scary pic. Uh, the reporter kept the umbrella, and like 10 years later, he sort of, I, I don't know if he was joking or not, but he said he was going to auction it off one day and give the proceeds to a charity of Britney's choosing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Kind of funny. So, yeah, I thought just the idea that, I guess she just beat the crap out of the car and threw the umbrella at it and then sped away in her Ow. car or something. And so the reporter's Drops like, umbrella. free umbrella, look at me. <laughs> Bonus. Uh, in September of 07, she had a disastrous performance at the Video Music Awards, which prompted the incredibly famous Leave Britney Alone YouTube video yeah. that was like also everywhere for seriously leave Britney alone like let her just we're not leaving Britney alone figure we're out her totally not leaving Britney nah. alone. in October of seven it just it just keeps getting worse she lost custody of her kids oh. because of quote her habitual frequent and continuous use of controlled substances and alcohol not good she was allowed only supervised visitation okay three months later when it was time to hand the kids back over to KFED's people, she locked herself in a room and wouldn't. Oh. Po- police were called. Well, that's not the way to show healthy adult behavior. No. No. Uh, and the police transported her to Cedar sinai Medical Center. Oh, no. She ended up committed to the psych ward at UCLA under an involuntary psychiatric hold in California known as a 5150 for all you Van Halen fans out there. Yep. So involuntary psychiatric hold. Uh, I think she was there for five days. Um, KFED. I mean, you really gotta kind of give him some credit here. He, I mean, he had an emergency court hearing the next day and got full custody of the kids. Sure. Like, like give her time to take care of whatever she needs to take. Yeah. Care of. Don't know what's going on there, but I need my kids to be safe. Sure. So, so that works. I mean, I'm sure it was awful i'm sure it was awful for everyone about like her family to like just everyone separately uh her father james and her attorney andrew wallet went to court to address the involuntary psychiatric hold and the judge created uh what is called a conservatorship basically her father for kids it's what you you do it's what you do for yeah people who can't manage their own affairs wow um so yeah, so her father and this lawyer were temporarily at the time made basically guardians. So they control all of her spending, all of her, like, 
contracts, they, money coming in, money going out. Yeah, like it's okay. she is legally incompetent in the eyes of the state of California. And really? So her affairs are managed by by her father and this lawyer. Okay. It was not a temporary thing. Like still to this day. To this day, Britney Spears. How old? She was born in what year? Um, end of eighty one. She's thirty eight. 3738 now. Um, wow. Okay, so maybe she got admitted and got treated and they diagnosed her with something that Yeah, it seems like huh. cuz it's like this gets reviewed by the courts every so often. Sure. And there is an undisclosed medical issue uh which Interesting. You assume, I guess, is is a mental health issue because she dances and st- you know, I mean she's Yeah. She seems physically healthy. Anyway, it could also be addiction. I I mean, I don't know. Like, it's sort of sucky to speculate about that for people. But uh, K-Fed, to his credit, um, has maintained a relationship with her family. Good. I don't think he's the most popular person in the world. Uh, like, But to their credit, they've also, like, when he's out of town and it's and it's his time with the kids, her her family goes and babysits them or uh, whatever, okay. right? Like like there's a sure. lot of there's a lot of co-parenting happening, which is good, which is very good. Brittany, you know, kind of had had hit rock bottom there, and um, she gradually worked to get herself healthy, whatever that meant. Sure. And in '08, she started gradually gaining Purple. back more parental rights. Oh, okay, good. And, you know, got her career back on track, stopped hitting things with umbrellas, presumably. <clears throat> Grew her hey, hair out. Umbrella. She, <laughs> like, has been doing licensing and branding deals. Um, and she's a massively successful recording artist and performer to this day. Okay. Sad note. Oh, no. Uh, her dad, who is 65, is in, is in quite poor health oh, right no. now. And so just this month in January, she announced that she's taking an indefinite hiatus from work to be with her family. So I think that's probably like a great idea. That might be very bad. Um, of the epic meltdown period of her life, she told an Israeli paper in 2017, I think I had to give myself more breaks through my career and take responsibility for my mental health. There were many decisions that were made for me and that I didn't make myself. My life was controlled by too many people. And that doesn't really let you be yourself. I wrote back then that I was lost and I didn't know what to do with myself. I was trying to please everyone around me because that's who I am deep inside. There are moments where I look back and think, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> so, I mean, she, I don't know. She, she owns seems, it. Yeah. She seems I mean, that really solid. is little girl lost. Kind of. And like, again, I just don't know what would happen if at the age of 17, like your face is known by every inhabitant of the planet earth yeah so little girl lost is the autobiography of who i'm talking about today but it really applies to yeah there's i there's a yeah i think there's a little little crossover i can see how our subjects would would have a bit uh in common um so on the trash can scale on the trash canometer um i this one's (sighs) tough like yeah the bizarro pressure cooker life. I mean, she was just too young. Like I remember reading um, Huey Lewis of Huey Lewis in the news. Sure, he said, like his band, they were all in their thirties right. when they started having hit songs, and he was like, that 
made it so like this is why you don't hear about us like in rehab and like we were a little screwing old, yeah. up our lives like we were old enough to understand that you know we'd lucked into this mm-hmm. and this is an opportunity and let's not right so so yeah she was just too young like most of these people were probably too young so she kind of crashes into her early mid-20s and just yeah just has no idea how to be so um also the fact that she and kfed seem to have gotten their lives together and been good parents in the end sort of mitigates some of the in the moment trashy so this one this one gets a there's a time travel element to how i'm going to score this one okay okay um in 2008 this was five trash cans oh right like no doubt sure i mean the umbrella thing alone just was yeah the text the texting the do- yeah sure okay. however given the hind given the hindsight given yes sure. given given the the vantage point of yours extenuating circumstances um i time passed. i feel like it goes to three okay i mean it, it, was, trashy. it was trashy it was trashy at the time it was headline news trashy at the time it seriously okay. was headline I'll news trashy three at the time but but yeah like you know time travel trash cans it's wow. our podcast. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> Except control our pets. Oh, my gosh. Well done by you. Thanks. Horrible job by the pets. Let's yeah. take a break and see if we can distract. And I'm coming back with who you got? <gasps> who you got? Who you everybody's got? favorite, who you got? Drew Barrymore. Yay! It, everybody's favorite. She's pretty great. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. We are back for the story I'm excited to tell. I like that these are <sighs> villain-free in a lot of I ways. I do like they're villain-free. Yeah. This is, we are not anybody's moral judge. We just like to tell each other really good stories. 
This is not morality police that we're playing. Yeah, I mean... I mean, maybe with Rudy Giuliani and Newt Gingrich, we did play morality police a little, but... But it's the hypocrisy. Right? It's not that... I mean, look, marriages break up. It's sad, but it happens. Like We have two really non-hypocritical stories this week. Yeah. These are really just really good stories. I think so. Okay. You ready for mine? I can't wait to hear yours. I I do love your subject. (sighs) I love my subject, too. Mm -hmm. And... Drew Barrymore. Who Come doesn't on. love Drew Who Barrymore? Who doesn't love Drew Barrymore? And like, does she age? No, she, she does not. Okay, no, like she's fantastic. It's a when I whenever I see pictures of her, I'm like, that's got to be 15 years old. But no, no she's, she's just gorgeous. She really, yeah. Drew Barrymore. Uh huh. Drew Blythe Barrymore. Firestarter. Uh, wait on it. Uh. That's at the Firestarter premiere is when she had her first drink when she was nine years old. Oh, no. Yeah, you didn't even know that was coming. I didn't. I have gone down the rabbit hole on this one. Okay. American actress, producer, director, author, model, entrepreneur. Drew Blythe Barrymore was born on February 22nd, 1975. She's an Aquarius. Two is my favorite number. And as I'm looking at her February 22nd, two, mm. two, two. 1975 added up is actually 22. Her numerology number is not two, but all of the components of her birth date break down into 2222. Remarkable. Okay. Um, I don't know what that means, but okay. Well, I'm glad you asked. Oh, hey. Okay. <laughs> what does that mean, Alicia? In numerology, uh, okay. the number two is the most feminine of all the numbers. Oh, interesting. It's also the most underestimated when it comes to power and strength. Two is gentle, tactful, diplomatic, forgiving, understanding, likes to keep the peace, avoids confrontations. Apropos to nothing, Drew Barrymore's life path number is really a one, which is one of leadership and trailblazing, strong sense of independence. Not relying on other people, especially if they hold you back. And that is what Drew's BFF, Nancy Genovan, says about Drew, is that she always bounces back. She gets back on the horse. She's got it, whatever it is, and just a remarkable sense of resilience. I mean, she would have, just from what I know about her childhood, she would have to. So let me tell you about it. Okay. She is from... This just, whoa, world-class dysfunctional family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she turns this dysfunctional family saga into her own version of success and happiness. When I first started this, I kind of thought about her in parallel to Charlie Sheen. Like a family of actors. Um, you've got a lot of advantages working towards you. The more I... Went in the more I went into my research to tell my narrative, it ended up somewhere different, but that's where I started this. Okay, <sighs> Drew Barrymore, I'm all here for this story, <laughs> is a member of the famous Barrymore family. To sum it up, like her paternal grandparents and great grandparents are actors, her great great grandparents are actors. All of her great aunts and uncles are actors, like famous actors. They're wow. the Drews, the Barrymores. John, her grandfather, John Barrymore, is arguably the most acclaimed actor of his generation. He is a trashy divorce all on his own that I put a (laughs) pin in that. Yeah. Booze, drugs. He's got a number of divorces. His career, I mean, the, the most talented actor of a generation, his career slips because of his addiction. Uh, he drinks himself to death with 60 cents to his name. Oh, geez. 
his son. So she comes by that naturally. All right. I mean, the Barrymore family is sort of known for their... Their acting and their addictions? Yeah. Well, their excessiveness, um, imbibement of the, of the substances. So her father, John Jr., John Barrymore Jr., makes his acting claims starring in westerns, kind of the 60s. But like his dad, he's a battler of the bottle. In 1972, when he is 43, he meets 26-year-old Jade. Jade uh, <laughs> is managing the troubadour right now in L.A. So okay. he's sort of... Hanging yeah. out on that fringe singer-songwriter thing. She sure. works at the Troubadour. Sure. Her background, she was born in a displaced uh, persons camp in Brandenburg, West Germany for World War II refugees right, right. from okay. Hungary. Wow. So wow. here's her upbringing. Gets to California. She's managing the comedy store in the Troubadour in L.A., 26, meets John Barrymore, bowled over by his, you know, he's kind of ruggedly falling down the path of good looking at that point. But anyway, um, uh, okay. They get married. It, it's a pretty bad marriage from the beginning, but she gets pregnant and John sort of fizzles out, but Hey, we've got the famous Barrymore last name, not a drop of money. She's managing comedy store troubadour. She's got a young infant and she's trying to break into acting all on her own. There is a lot going on. Yeah. That stated, Jade is the original momager. She takes Drew at 11 months old to her first audition. 11 months old. Wow. Wow. Takes Drew to a puppy chow audition for a commercial. So here's little Drew, 11 months old, and they have a little cute puppy. The puppy bites her on the nose. So every adult in the room is like, oh my God, lawsuit. Drew laughs. They're like, you got the gig. Yeah, no kidding. Okay. So so loves dogs. <laughs> loves dogs. <laughs> Drew starts working at 11 months old. Her mom is taking her to commercial auditions. Her mom is working her own auditions, working her gigs. Her mom tries to get her, like, you got to by three. Her mom is having this conversation with her, like, we really need to stop this. <sighs> and Drew's like, No. I want to act. This is what I want to do. So before she even realizes so, she's so at, from a famous family. At three, she was having fun and wanted to keep going. This is her, right? She gets attention and it's sure. fun. And I mean, Jade, right? Seems a little scattered. So um, she actually auditions for the kid in the poltergeist. Right. I was wondering. Movie. Yeah. I couldn't remember if that was her or not. So, so she it was not, not her, okay. but she auditioned for that, and Steven Spielberg sees her. Oh, right, right, And right. is like, I've got the part for you. Yeah, this isn't it. it. Hires her to be Gertie in E.T. E. Yeah. <sighs> She's six. For well, as many problems as there are maybe within the movie E.T., it is universally loved, and I would make the case that most of the love of E.T. is just about sweet baby Drew. I I, I have her. not seen E.T. since I was a child, so I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. But she she wins America's heart. She goes on The Tonight Show, Good Morning America. She's adorable and charming and wonderful, and the country falls in love with her. In 1982, she's the youngest host ever of Saturday Night Live. How old? 
seven. Oh God. Maybe eight, like depending on where it. Okay, I think so, she's seven or eight. eight. But yeah, but she's seven younger than ten. Okay. Uh-huh. Yikes. So she's schooled mostly growing up on sets. But when she's not on set, she has to go back to like elementary school for a few weeks at a time. She's made fun of. She again continues to work, lands a role in irreconcilable differences. Mm-hmm. You remember mm-hmm. that? I do. About the kid who sues for emancipation from her parents. Mm-hmm. Hold on. So takes takes a note. Takes a note. So John Jr., the dad, who's been doing nothing helpful, he's been out of their lives forever, comes back to kind of mock her success. At this point, uh, when she's nine, her parents do get divorced. But she's never really a kid. Uh, She's an actor. She's a star. But she doesn't know how to be a kid. Getting a long enough attention. Jade, because Drew is sort of the cachet for the nightlife I like to boogie, Jade takes Drew everywhere. So she's keeping her out till all hours of the night and is kind of running a very adult lifestyle with this kid in tow. Um, Like, this is what we're doing now. Because the kid gets seated at the good tables and all of that garbage. That's exactly right. And Drew, like, kids watch everything, and that'll come back again. Like, but this is what we're doing now, and you don't know that's any different. You have been a star from when you were little, uh, you're hanging out at the fucking limelight, Studio Fifty Four, Helena's. I'm and shaking you're my head hard. Nine. Yeah, that's not. That's not good. That's not good. I've written in my notes. Not a lot of boundaries. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> yeah. <an> under. <laughs> yeah, an under uh, estimation. So at nine, she's at the premiere for Firestarter. She begins drinking. She's always at Hollywood parties, right? So first, it started out like, "Oh, I dare you to drink it," but. She doesn't really, um, she's scared about the way it makes her feel, but hey, welcome to alcohol. It makes you forget about your problems for a little while. Yeah, yeah. So generations of Barrymore's before her are pretty keen on the drink. Sure. And she's coming into her family family tradition at a very early age. So drugs for her started at 10 or 11. She's hanging out right in nightclubs with a much older crowd. Sure. People around her were doing it. She's doing it too. At 12, she sort of started the awkward transition into, you know, she developed a little early. Jobs are drying up. She's not a kid anymore, but she's not an adult. And she's in that awkward, God, if you look good in middle school, I I hate whatever the rest (laughs) of your life is like. Because you just should be awkward. She has really got a problem with drugs and alcohol at this point that her mom is completely ignoring to the point where she lets Drew, oh God, in 1987 becomes a spokes kid for Nancy Reagan's Just Say No campaign. Whoa. Yep. Whoa, what a weird. Yep. Wow. No, you should see Drew Barrymore like, she's an actress standing up at the White House, like doing her speech about its peer pressure and all kids and I mean, which is all true, but it's quite right, her performance. Right. She's back in New York City for an acting gig, and it is party time. She's at all of her favorite pubs, hanging out at the 54 in the limelight. None of this is appropriate for a child. No, agreed, agreed. At 13, she goes to rehab. Stays in rehab, takes Sheesh. a stint there, uh, gets sober for a little while, um, ends up back in rehab, 
relapses. And when she relapses, she kind of rages. Like, I've blown it, so let me go ahead and just have the party I want to have. Right. Ends up, after one of the relapses, stealing money from her mom and her mom's credit cards. Flies to L.A. Um, Mom is like, nope, we're... So back she goes for a number of months into rehab. After that stint, which seemed to take, instead of going back to live with her mom, here's something I didn't know, she goes to live with David Crosby and his wife. David oh. Crosby of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. David Crosby of just great songwriter David That's Crosby. Fa- I think I did. I think I had read If that I had heard it, like I'd forgotten it. Yeah. So she goes and hangs out with them in a very supportive, sober right. environment right, and right. learns like, whoa, this is like kind of cool. Uh at this point, things really do end with her and her mom. She tries to get back to her. It's bad. As she's going into her freshman year in high school, she's like, all right, I'm going to rent my own apartment. She gets a job in a coffee house, gets a car so she can go to audition. She's 14. She's 15. In an interview at 15, we'll link to it. Like, she sounds really solid. Like, you can tell listening to her, she's been through a lot of the program. Right, right. She's been in a sober place. She lands a role in the CBS School Break special called 15 and Getting Straight. It's actually <laughs> filmed at the same rehab center where she was. Oh, that's right? convenient. So she's starting to work again by January of 1991. Remember, reconcilable differences? Yeah. She goes ahead and files in juvenile court to be emancipated. She's whatever. Like, I'm done. I've got this. I can do this on my own. I've been doing it on my own since you haven't been a whole lot of help. Right. <laughs> that that is That is how it sounds. Yeah. So uh, as soon as she emancipates herself, really, at 15, she drops out of high school and she decides to act full time, which is tough because she's a risk. Hollywood's like, mm, it's a we, good point. Yeah. You have, yeah. To, you have to ensure big so productions she and yeah. Lands like her big breakout is Poison Ivy in 1991, which is kind of an indie film, but she's there. She's doing it every day. Uh, she gets the movie of Gun Crazy, which, right, she does the Amy Fisher story for ABC, which was the highest rated uh, one of all the. Uh huh. We'll, we'll have more to say on that more at a later to say. date. Anyway, so she's 16. Starts dating Leland Hayward, gets engaged, breaks up. She's working. She's proven herself to Hollywood, dating around, starts dating Jamie Walters. They end up breaking up in November of 1993. And and what I'm assuming was not a great breakup. She starts hanging out at a bar called The Room. She's there hanging out with, you know, all of her older friends. She talks in this earlier interview about being dry sober. Like, you don't want life to dry you out, but, like, how do you participate as a sober person in the minute you've got? Right, right. So she's hanging out at the room. There's a picture that I found with she and Courtney Love hanging out. Like, she's running in a pretty starlit circle. Yeah. The bar happens to be owned by a 31-year-old sexy Welshman named Jeremy Thomas. Like he's got the accent, that kind of Welshman, because it's a good accent. It's a good accent. And she's 19 and his, you know, yeah, never really had a father figure. And I get the Welshman thing, right? Like he's pretty cute. And they end up uh, marrying on March 20th, 1994. 
So this is four months after the breakup gonna, with Jamie Walters. I was going to ask. Okay, so, so again, so three months in or so, yeah. Boom. Boom. Okay, right. so let me tell you how, how it happens. Like, they're sitting around in the wee hours of the morning, and someone jokes, like, she should marry him because there's so much in love. Because it's 4 a.m. and you're fucked up and drunk. Like, nobody, nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Also, was she drinking again? Like, I don't think so. He's a bar owner. That seems a weird fit for. It, it's a weird fit. I haven't. I was not able to ascertain that piece of information within okay. my research. Okay. Um, maybe because you said, yes, this is a good idea. I have a feeling there, there's probably a few more, but um, they call a 24 hour minister. Cause I guess you couldn't do that in California. They chalked up the extra 20 bucks for him to show up on short notice. She wears a, white silk slip dress and combat boots and their maid of honor is a pit bull <laughs> so not 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 pit bull the recording artist but a an pit actual bull. Do- i was not able to find the name of the dog oh. but a pit bull dog okay they exchanged their vows on the roof of the roof the the bar the room the roof of the room and the next day she begins to she has to leave because she's about to start filming boys on the side i love the movie she says i realized my mistake on the day i married him oh god that's <laughs> the worst so maybe there was some drinking involved in this rash decision uh they talk every day and he comes to visit he thinks it's fine they planned a honeymoon in hawaii so she's out in the desert filming boys on the side with Whoopi goldberg Mary uh-huh, Louise Parker. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, in a very pro-feminist. Indigo Girls are in that movie. Yeah, they There's are. There's a lot of lesbians in that movie. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> she finishes filming and leaves for Hawaii on the honeymoon without him. <laughs> oh! Oh! I want to go to Hawaii. Sure. I just don't you. need that guy with me. Okay. Cool, cool. I mean... So she, uh, needless to say, divorce papers follow. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, uh, I, I honestly, if I had known that, that might have tempered my enthusiasm about her. That's cold. <laughs> that is some cold. That's cold. Her claim is that he married her for a green card and her money. He says, I married her because she was cute. Like, it didn't have anything to do with her being Drew Barrymore. However, like 19-day marriage, they get divorced after two months. He says he was on planet Earth. She was on planet Hollywood. I so mean, like Britney, right? Yeah. Like, it is a different kind yeah, of. It's just not, you're not, not tied to. Yeah. No, it's a normal world totally anymore. Totally different kind of thing. So first marriage. Whew, yeah. Then, in, in and out. <laughs> there's your, there's your trashy divorce. I yeah. Mean, leaving for the oh, honeymoon man, that's on seriously your harsh. That's pretty good. She dates the whole guitarist, Eric Erlandson. Erlandson? Anyway, she dates the whole guitarist, so apparently she and Courtney Love are still friends. Not half the guitarist? What? In 1995, Barrymore and her friend, who I mentioned before, Nancy Juvenin, formed Flower Films, which goes to produce films like Never Been Kissed, Donnie Darko, Fifty First Dates. Nancy is the wife of Jimmy Fallon. She is a tourist, just like Drew's mom. 
And Drew really glows about Nancy and actually has like some written stuff about her mom being a Taurus and Nancy being a Taurus and that recurrence of that kind of relationship. Uh, she loves her wisdom, the influence she's had on her life. They are BFFs forever. Drew dates and marries Tom Green. Right. I, I remember this one. Right. Yeah. And they start dating in 99 they get married in 2000 they do charlie's angels together which is another flower film they uh green's directorial debut freddie got fingered is another flower film uh green files for divorce in december 2001 they're divorced in 2002 she dates around has some long-term relationships she does say in an interview in 2003 that she had always considered herself bisexual so there's that I can kind of see it. The girl's a free spirit on some kind of weird life path. And again, I love it and I'm here for it. She receives a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 2004. Let me just let you know, she's the fifth member of her family to do so. Do they just cluster them in one one area? (laughs) Uh, She has a prime location. Her star is right in Grumman's Chinese Theater. Uh, Like uh. it is boom right there. Sure. She dates around. She does end up getting married one more time to art consultant Will Koppelman. Sure. Who is the son of the former Chanel CEO, Ari Koppelman. They get married in 2012. And they just, like, divorced a year or so ago, right? Yeah, they did. They have two kids. Right, right, right. Uh, I mean, apparently appear pretty happy, but not really Speaking on Ellen, like, she talks about that she was devastated because, like, she had settled down, had two kids. She wanted to give them the safe environment that she didn't have. Right, right. Like, maybe not at nightclubs. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, so, it seems like both families are supporting and they're co-parenting really well. Right, right. So, uh, I think that was my understanding is that his family was the first time that she felt really embraced i can imagine as a family family. and yeah 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 because she didn't really have it and right she's been emancipated since she was 14 yeah and it sounds like before that mom wasn't and dad wasn't even there can you imagine not um like i don't want to be like a snotty kid when i say this but can you imagine at 14 living in your own apartment and not having a parental influence for any part of your high school years like, for as much as you may have fucked off in high school and, like, had friends' houses that their parents weren't around. Like, no. Done. I have my own apartment. I'm in charge of my own bills. Right, right. At 15, I've dropped out and I make I've just, it. I've decided I'm going to work. Mind blown. Done with school. Done. Um, In 2013, during her marriage to Koppelman, she launches a range of cosmetics under the flower banner. So she's got makeup, perfume, eyewear. She's got wine. She's got a clothing line. Releases another book in addition to Little Girl Lost in 2015 called Wildflower. God, she, I'm, duh, she's so good. So I'm going to begin to bring it all back together. Just a little drop for you. Drew Barrymore's godmothers are the actresses uh, Sophia Loren. <laughs> so there's an esteemed lineage. Uh-huh. And Lee Strasberg's widow, Anna Strasberg. Drew later describes her relationship with Anna Strasberg as it was important to her as a kid because she was so kind and nurturing. Drew has adopted her honorary godfather of Steven Spielberg. So there's some star power. So if you want my hint, Uh uh 
into the naming convention for this week's show. Smells like teen spirit. Sure, we did teenage marriages. And smells like teen spirit works. But another little bit of gossip I picked up. Drew Barrymore is the godmother of Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love's daughter, Frances Bean Cobain. So did, that's did not how it all gotcha, gotcha. coming in hot. Gotcha. All right. In conclusion, our, our life path number one girl, Drew Barrymore, is kicking ass, doing her films and her business. I, she's an example of how to get back up on that horse. She takes a knock, does better on the next go round. I kind of can't wait to see what she's going to do next. Uh, like her grandfather, I think she might be the talent of her generation but I think she'll do better than 60 cents in her pocket. Her current net worth is 125 million. Shit. <laughs> so I'm feeling pretty confident that she is trailblazing over her family dysfunction and creating a new legacy for the Barrymore name. I think I'm going to have to go watch 51st States again. Cause that God, is so good. One of my very, uh, it's like, so good. It's, Perhaps the only Adam Sandler movie that's really worth watching multiple times. Well, they have starred together in Fifty First Dates and blended, but The Wedding Singer was the first time they starred together. The Wedding They've Singer was all right. Three actually. Films. Dude, she's, I have a list of all, like, she's just, she's so talented. She really is. I she really is. love her. So as trashy divorces go in the trash can barrel loop, I don't know, you decide over not a drinking to get married a pit bull is your maid of honor. That's mm. um, rooftop wedding. So you get some points for that, but he does own but a bar. Spur of the, yeah. Men. The roof of a bar that you've called a priest over to in the middle of the night, like for, for, for an extra 20 in his pocket. Yeah. I'm thinking this could um, go high. No, hold on. <laughs> trash can going, going on your honeymoon without the husband. Yeah. 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 I, you know what? And I'm going to do the time travel thing as well. Oh, In cool. retrospect, it seemed pretty trashy, but I think she's done okay. Yeah, no, I don't she has. know what the hell Jeremy Thomas is doing, but I'll go ahead and give it a. I I don't know if it's I don't know if it's Britney worthy. There there were no kids. I'm going to go two and a half, two oh, and a half. Okay. It does seem like her most recent divorce was super chill. It was yeah, it was super chill. Like, like she really. Yeah, I know she's turned into like a really seemingly deeply good and together person for it's, a fam like if you're gonna like history may not repeat but it sure does rhyme right so <laughs> how do you have that you know all of those lessons early where you really begin to forge your own path did i mention hold on huh? let me go back to my notes that she's a life path one which is a life of leadership and trailblazing see i wrapped it all around in a completely you, you, different narrative you did you did anyway no i like two and a half for that yeah i'm yeah. pretty good with that yeah, two and a half seems good. Two and a half seems really good. It was a kinder, gentler pod this week. Mm -hmm. No tears, no yelling. We'll find more villains. <sighs> Don't worry. Oh, no, villains are just you wait. I mean, the we world's wanted full to of give villains. you guys a little bit of a break. And and us, too. Like, that was intense. <laughs> it was hard. Rudy was hard, too. Like, we've had some heavy hitters this season. Henry yeah. VIII was hard. Now they're coming back. Mm -hmm. Coming mm -hmm. back. We got We got more. Yeah. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to another week of Trashy Divorces. We appreciate you. We will see you next week. We'll, we will talk to you next week. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week with another fresh episode of Trash Bag Sunday. And if you, if you just need more of us, seriously, find us on social. At We're Trashy there. Divorces. Mm -hmm. On the Twitter. On the Insta. On the Facebook. Mm -hmm. True. You can send us an email to TrashyDivorces at, at gmail.com, gmail too. Mm -hmm. We want to hear your Trashy Divorce story. 
Anyway, thanks so much. Next week, we'll be back. Go forth. Be trashy. Stay single. Don't get married. I don't know. We're going to figure it out. Maybe. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at CarbonMade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram. And definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at TrashyDivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at TrashyDivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at Patreon.com slash TrashyDivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy y'all.